Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Miller Thomas, the always wonderful host of this podcast, graduating, looks like now in December, from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a fun one for you guys today. I'm dropping the episode I've been talking about with Javi Peno, host of the Locked On Padres. We're gonna be previewing today's game and getting some other talks. So you guys are gonna, you guys are going to tune into that one today. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And don't forget to go to RockAuto.com and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you because they always have amazing selection and reliably low prices. Now, here's that conversation between Javi Peno and I. All right, got Javi Peno of the Locked On Padres here. And <laughs> Javi, I want to ask you, you know, what are your expectations for the Padres this season? And what kind of role do you think 60 games will play in it? Because honestly, 60 games or not, I didn't think the Padres were going to do much this season looking around the diamond. Whoa, I, like, okay. I, like, I like Tatis. <laughs> I like Machado. You know, I like Tommy Pham, but the, I'm not sure with their pitching, their rotation. Uh-huh. Kirby Yates is good in the bullpen, but I still feel there's Jaraxon Profar at second. You know, Will Myers. Uh, there, there's too many guys that I'm not really sold on. So what are your expectations for this for this Padres team this season, what do you think, how do you think 60 games will play into that? Well, my expectations in a lot of ways, I think I've talked about this a lot. It's just kind of, I feel like the team has basically got better in every aspect. The only thing they've probably gotten worse in is just their, their outfield, just because they, they lost Renfro uh, in the Tommy Pham trade, which, you know, got you Tommy Pham, I guess, but you lost some, some more depth there. A lot of their prospects aren't ready. They trade Emmanuel Margot for Emilio Pagan, which, Helps bolster the bullpen, but it's there's some questions in the outfield, I'd say, especially at center, since Grisham or Pham aren't like true center fielders. But aside from that, you know, second year of Tatis, second year of Machado, you got Tommy Pham now. Um, you've got uh, Trent Grisham, who I think is is really underrated, and shout out to him. I hope he uh, really does well for me. I drafted him in fantasy. Mm. Um, and just the bullpen is secretly one of the best in baseball, and in a lot of ways. I think that the starting rotation, it's not great, great, but it's not as much of a liability as it was last year where Cal Quantrill's coming in and struggling and there's just not like a concrete rotation in a lot of ways. And this year, you know, they're running in with Paddock, Denelson Lamette, Joey Lucchese, Zach Davies, Garrett Richards, who I know the last three of those names aren't exactly uh, super, they don't instill a lot of confidence. But, you know, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Garrett Richards who – when he was in L.A. for the Angels, he was really good when he was healthy. So if that's your fourth starter, it's not too bad. And Zach Davies, you know, he's got that Mark Burley thing going on where he doesn't strike out literally anybody. But as your fifth starter, it's not bad. So I just think that at least on the surface, on paper, their rotation at least uh, there is some upside, I guess you could say. And Paddock is going to be awesome because he is the sheriff. And I'm really excited to see kind of how the team plays, especially given that, um, it's a 60-game season, and I think that 
with the exception of just a few teams, uh, I think everyone really is in contention. Yeah, I definitely see that. 60 games, I think, is going to be pretty interesting this year. I think for a team like the Padres, it could maybe make them struggle a little bit just because mm-hmm. I think the importance of every game is going to be raised, the pressure is going to be raised, and then the Padres are just a little young, the little experience. So do you see yeah. the 60 games possibly playing a, a negative effect on the Padres, or do you think since they're so young, maybe they take these 60 games and just run away with it? Well, it's interesting because – you know, and I, this got brought up recently to me where, hey, the Nationals started off 1931 last year. So there's a lot of good teams that we're all expecting to be good, but it's not inconceivable that the Padres were were okay in the first half of last year. They kind of fell off, especially after the, the Framiel Reyes trade, which I think was defensible. He's a good offensive player, I guess, but his defense was really bad. So I understand why they did that, even if he is a fellow Reyes, I guess. But uh, I, I think that it's not... Like, would it surprise you if the D-backs are like, you know, five and 10? No, right? So I just think that in a lot of ways, there's too many teams that even if they, like, if they start off slow, right? Mm -hmm. I can see them being like, all right, you know what? We're going to maybe throw in Mackenzie Gore and we're just going to start experimenting. They might like kind of punt on the season as a a whole because they're like, all right, too much of a ditch to climb out of, right? But if they start off really good, then they're like, they 21 and I don't know, 10, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Then, sure, why the heck not? The Dodgers have had some years where they've started off a little bit slow. I know that they finished strong, but that's the key. There are plenty of good teams in the league that start off slow, and there are plenty of bad teams in the league that start off good. Look at the Mariners last year. The Mariners were like 10 and 0 at the beginning of the season, you know? So I don't know if there's really any team with like the, some exceptions before, like maybe like Baltimore and Miami and. Pittsburgh are like the only couple teams. Maybe there's one more in there that I'm forgetting. Um, the Tigers, I'd say, are like the only ones that I really think they would genuinely shock me if they start out well. But I don't know, man. Why not? You know, they've, they've had their bows. They could just get on a hot streak and just keep going from there. Yeah. Do you think you will put an asterisk on the season depending on who wins <laughs> the World Series then? Because like you said, if we look at the standings after last yeah. season, after 60 uh-huh. games, there are teams who are not even in the playoffs after 60 games. And then like you said, the Nationals, they weren't in the playoffs after 60 games. I think Bellinger is batting like 390 after 60 games. So 60 <laughs> yeah. games is like the short sample size to what we normally see in baseball. So well, are you putting an asterisk depends on, depending on who wins the World Series or it's legit for you no matter what? So I think what's what's fascinating, first of all, if the Padres were the World Series, no, there's no asterisk of any kind. Okay. Uh, we could delete all the footage. I don't care. It's perfect. It's great. It's fantastic. I think that the only team, so I think this is what I was going to ask you is just kind of a basic, like, what team winning the World Series would get people the most mad? And I think the obvious answer is the Astros, right? So I think um, I think there's an asterisk, but I don't think, I think there's still fun potential of people will be like, well, we won the only ever season that was 60 games and completely ridiculous, right? So there's mm-hmm. kind of a strange, odd bragging rights to that. I feel like a team that would make more sense just based on their franchise history winning the World Series and for their one World Series win to be like kind of be this weird one. It would be someone like Seattle. It would be someone like the Mets. Um, even the Angels to a degree, like if they finally won with Mike Trout. Uh, but it's like this short season. I think there's some fun teams that could win it. Um, I, I don't know, man, because it's still hard. You know, it's still there's still a lot that you have to go through. And for you to kind of keep it together uh, would be pretty nuts. But I do I do worry that there's going to be a lot of uh, assuming, of course, the full season is played. I do worry that we get a thing where 
the team that ends up winning is just the people who just had the least amount of players that tested positive, which is possible. But then again, I guess you can make that same argument for teams that win because they just stayed healthy in general, regardless of the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that happens in football a lot too. So, yeah, and that does know. happen with football, but I think this COVID uh, is a little bit bigger of an X factor than injuries, just because of how contagious and how quickly we've seen it spread. Even right. if you're not showing symptoms, so many guys could be asymptomatic. So with that being said, COVID as the X factor, how do you feel about the Padres' depth in their farm system? Because I think that's going to be a, a big role in how teams play this well. The, the guys that you have on your bench, I think are going to make huge contributions, and the teams with the best depth mm-hmm. this year, I think are going to really be set up well for this 60-game season. And so how do you feel about the Padres depth? I think, I think for the depth, I think when it comes to, so they got a great farm system. Obviously. I think everyone agrees on that, right? Like one of the best out there. I think it just, it comes down to how they start. I think these first two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks, depending on where they are, if they're really out of it, I think they just start testing people out. I think they start experimenting with their lineup with the exception of a couple guys, just because they're getting paid a lot. Like I think Myers and, Hosmer and Machado they're probably going to always play those guys but I can see them maybe maybe resting guys you know this could be like a an NBA situation load management maybe who knows right like I think there's so much uh, unprecedented value to the season and I think maybe they say ah screw it let's let's try CJ Abrams who I don't think they should try him there's some guys that I don't think should necessarily you should be moving him around and stuff but I could see them doing it i think that's just i know i've said that a lot already on the podcast but i could just see so many different outcomes with how they experiment with the lineups you know what i mean and i think that when it comes to depth i think the padres have depth but i don't think the depth is there yet if that makes any sense i think the depth comes from their farm system and not all the guys are ready yet so when it comes to their major league roster right now yeah there's definitely some depth questions like if they you know i i mentioned the five starters but it's not like those guys are all guarantees with the exception maybe paddock um, and like I said already with the outfield concerns. So in terms of current depth, not great, but it's in a 60-game season that doesn't you know matter as much the farm system, right? So I think that uh, for the future, they're still set up strong, but in the short term, eh, I, could, I could see something not necessarily going their way. Yeah, and the way we, we just don't know how COVID is going to affect the play. Yeah, we don't uh, know affect play this year so honestly we might see those guys in the farm system uh, come up a lot earlier than expected I think the Tigers are putting their number one overall pick Spencer Torkelson from ASU forks up baby I think he's already joining their camp and stuff and in part of their spring training so uh, we might see some you know guys straight out of college already playing in the MLB season this year which could be pretty unprecedented We'll be right back with more of that conversation between Javi Peno and I, host of the Lockdown Padres. But first, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a, tr- in a traditional chain storefront. Winder, often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand is a warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for, for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? So we know, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Now let's get back to that conversation with Lockdown Padres host Javi Peno and I. Do you think this shorter season could be a sample run for possibly future seasons, maybe cutting back 162 games to like 130, maybe 120 games? I think they could cut it back by a little bit. I think that's incremental steps. I mean, remember, this is the same league that, you know, they before instituting the replay rule, like it was only for challenging whether or not someone's, something was a home run. Like that's what, what kind of league baseball is. They're, they're a little bit more conservative in how much they change their rules, right? So I think that if people – it's hard to say, though, because if a lot of people start watching baseball, people might just attribute that to, well, there's nothing else on, and people are just excited for sports to be back. Or you could look at that and say, hey, if there's like a consistent ratings, maybe if there's more of a consistent relevancy to baseball, more people are talking about it throughout – because there's lesser games, maybe they'll start experimenting with being like, I mean, I've always wished, and I know that there's money incentives. I'm not, I'm saying divorced of that. If we could ignore that somehow for a second, right? That man, August is an empty month. And I'm not just talking sports either. I mean, pop culture. I mean, music there's usually like, there's like one movie that comes out every August. Right. And with the exception of this year, which nothing is probably come out this year. Right. But yeah, in general, there's, there's not a lot coming out, you know what I mean? Even video games, there's not a lot. So I've always thought, man, Everybody hates preseason football because it's really useless in a lot of ways. It's basically just televised practices. Uh, it, it's just putting more people in danger of being hurt, whatever. But people watch it reluctantly because they're, they're so excited for football. Imagine if baseball was like in the final moments, the final bits of the regular season were in August or the playoffs even were in August. It would really, really, I'm telling, I just, I really feel like it would bring more relevancy back to the sport instead of most people who are like, all right, just wake me up when we get to the end of September and the playoffs, right? I think that if it's if people talk about baseball more in this 60-game sample, maybe you start to get whispers. You start to get those pieces on Yahoo and, and all these places on Deadspin. And, or not Deadspin. Maybe that's not the best uh, name to mention these days. But like SB Nation stuff where they're like, hey, more of this, please, where it feels like every game matters a little bit more. Um, and I'm just hoping for that. Yeah, I think that's what baseball's lacking. I think that's a little bit even what the NBA is lacking while we've seen their ratings go down. I think yeah. that's why football, why people love it. I think that's part of the reason outside of the violence and people hitting. It's 16 games. Every game is important. You, you mm-hmm. lose two games, and all of a sudden your season might be on the line. So I'm not saying MLB or the NBA has moved to 16 games like football, but if you cut the uh, NBA season down to 70, 65 games, cut down the MLB season maybe to 120, all of a sudden you have a little bit more importance on every mm-hmm. game. And also, I don't like it when there's also too many playoff teams. I think the NBA has that problem. I don't like the NFL adding, you know, a couple extra playoff teams. Oh, I right, want it right. to be difficult to make the playoffs. Wow. I don't want it. I forgot to be, about that. Yeah, I don't want it to be something where you know half the league makes it. So if if NBA MLB could cut down their season a little bit more, maybe even cut down. I think MLB is okay with how many uh, 
teams make the playoffs. But I think if they could cut mm-hmm. down the amount of games, I know with money and everything, people don't want to do that. That's the biggest reason these TV contracts yeah. and stuff. People need the money and they need to showcase the games. But I don't think you need 162. I think you could do 130 games and still get the same yeah. message across. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. The The whole NFL, I forgot they were doing the expanding of that. Wow. It, isn't it crazy how much we've I don't know about you if this has been an issue for you, but like remembering what the storylines were with like baseball and outside of just labor disputes and the fact that we were at play, like it's like, oh yeah, the Diamondbacks. Oh yeah, Zach Gallon is like a sleeper potentially. And I, with me, it's like, oh yeah, Taylor Trammell, I'm getting excited about these guys. Like it's kind of funny to have to like regroup yourself and remember what we used to be talking about before the season was, you know, and before the world ended. Yeah, because in a perfect world, we would have seen, like, the revenge tour against the Astros. We would have had, a, uh, yeah. like, a counter on to see how many times they get hit by pitches in the game. It would have been – we would have just been talking about Astros and we would have been talking about them getting beamed every game. But now, you know, we're in a pandemic. You know, people are a little bit nicer, more generous. They probably don't have that same vial that they had, you know, to start the season. A lot mm-hmm. of that's probably worn off with, you know, being four months inside. How much more can you still be mad about that? I mean, they're still probably angry, but I doubt they're going to take it out on them the same way as they would have if it was still fresh in their heads uh, like it was a few months ago. But let me ask you this, Javi. Uh, you mentioned Chris Paddock earlier, and he said it's going to be yes, a, a cowboy showdown on Friday between him <laughs> and Mass and Bumgarner. So who do you think is coming out victorious on opening day? Chris Paddock um, or Bumgarner? So I think it, this is going to be so interesting. Like, what is the crowd going to look like? Oh, wait, yeah, there is no crowd. That's the whole thing. Like, I don't <laughs> – I think, you know – Conventional wisdom suggests that, you know, age and wisdom comes with wisdom or, or wisdom comes with age. There we go. That's the correct saying. And that just the, the veteran experience of him might be there. But I really like all the little – look, I don't like <laughs> reading it's all these things and the, oh, they're the best shape of their career. Those, like, kind of little, yeah. like, fluff pieces and whatnot that come out. But I'm not going to lie. Some of the paddock things – and I've brought this up a lot, like, where he's, like, he got a lion tattoo. <laughs> and he's, like, I feel this. <laughs> he's, like, I feel this energy. Like, it was a great piece in the, in the San Diego Tribune that I read a while ago. And just some of the quotes from that. <laughs> I think he might be a little bit of a gamer. I like the energy of the Padres. And I know that baseball is a sport where you bring up stats a lot. And, all right, whatever. But I like that he's been experimenting with a curveball. It's looked good by all accounts and all the reports that I've been reading that it's might be adding that kind of next pitch to his repertoire, which is great. Bumgarner, I mean, let me see here. He wasn't hurt last year, right? No, I'm pretty sure he played. I'm pretty sure he was okay. like around 200 innings pitch and like 30 starts. But it was arguably the worst season of his career. Yeah, but he's still, I mean, he's 30, which mm-hmm. isn't old, old. I mean, it's not impossible that Bumgarner is still good. I mean, come on. Like, he's still, he's still cracked, like, 200 strikeouts. Like, he's still a, a, a good pitcher. I, I don't want to give up on the guy. It's, it's similar, in a sense, to Kershaw, where everyone's kind of acting like Kershaw's washed now. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's just at that, I don't know, he's at that kind of Second Cliff stage. Lee before he <laughs> fell off level. You know, it's... It's, I can't give a, give a good comp right off the top of my head, but they're treating him like he's Sabathia in mm-hmm. his final, like, two years. You know what I mean? Where he was only able to go to five innings or four innings, right? And he could never strike anybody out. No, like, Kershaw is still really, really good. And I think that Bumgarner could be a secret get for them, and especially if it's not too long of a season. So in terms of the long term, I think that Bumgarner could actually be quite good for the whole season just in the sense that 
60 games, maybe not worrying about him being older and have to worry about his innings and stuff like that. That could, you know, benefit them. But I think the same thing goes for Paddock because Paddock was probably uh, one of the storylines was, is there going to be innings limit on him? So with only 60 games, I think this guy's ready to just go all out. And I don't think the Diamondbacks lineup is necessarily one that's going to hit super well against him. I don't know. It's, it's a great story. I like this kind of new age versus old age. And I use that in quotes because it's not like, like again, not Bumgarner's not like 87 years old, right? Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling. I think that the Diamondbacks lineup is a little bit scarier just because they had all these guys who just went crazy last year. <laughs> and they add Starling Marte, who's, I can't tell if he's underrated or properly rated. I, I don't really know what that guy Um and then Cattell and, and Escobar and what's this, Christian Walker, who I drafted on my fantasy <laughs> team. I know I keep bringing that up, but I'm hoping he does well. How do you think Christian Walker is going to be? Because I feel like there's been a lot of weird numbers on him, but he's increased everything. Like, he's gotten better. Like, there's been signs about him that he's not just going to be the strikeout artist, I guess. Yeah, because with Christian Walker, his deal was he kind of, I guess, reinvented himself after the Orioles. Mm -hmm. He went and saw some, like, hitting coaches, and he kind of went the J.D. Martinez route, just worked on, like, launch angle and things of that, just basically what new baseball analytics tell you. And he really took major strides last year. His batting average was still kind of average, but he got on base about 350. He had close to 30 home runs, so he's still a solid player. I don't think he's going to be, like, an MLB all-star next year but what he gives you as a first baseman is solid give you around 80 rbis batch around 260 around 25 plus home runs so if you're expecting you know near all-star level numbers i wouldn't i wouldn't uh draft him in the oh. first or second round but if you need a late round seal if you need a, a first baseman that could give you solid value i think christian walker is going to fit right in that mode i in that mold and i think for the d-backs he's, he's the perfect player and the perfect complement you know in that five six hole in that lineup That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to Javi Pena for jumping on and talking with me. We're going to have more of that. That was only part one of that conversation, so I'll drop more of that episode next week. And, guys, don't forget to go to CBDMD.com because if you go there, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. And to make it even easier, CBD. MD is offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout at cbdmd.com. Hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy. And let's go D-backs today. Peace.